Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Charles. Today we have part 8 of the story of Prince Ahmed and the Fairy Parabanu. And the Fairy Parabanu's palace has been infiltrated by a magician sent by Ahmed's father, the Sultan of the Indies, to discover his son's whereabouts and the truth behind his disappearances. And today we'll see this sorceress's adventures in the palace. This is part eight of the story of Prince Ahmed and the Fairy Parabanu. In the meantime, the two women carried the magician into a very fine apartment, richly furnished. First, they sat her down upon the sofa with her back supported with a cushion of gold brocade, while they made a bed on the same sofa before her, the quilt of which was finely embroidered with silk, the sheets of the finest linen, and the coverlet cloth of gold. When they had put her into bed, for the old sorceress pretended that her fever was so violent, she could not help herself in the least. One of the women went out and returned soon again with the china dish in her hand, full of a certain liquor, which she presented to the magician, while the other helped her to sit up. Drink this liquor, said she. It is the water of the fountain of lions, and a sovereign remedy against all fevers whatsoever. You will find the effect of it in less than an hour's time. The magician, to dissemble the better, took it after a great deal of entreaty. But at last she took the china dish, and, holding back her head, swallowed down the liquor. When she was laid down again, the two women covered her up. Lie quiet, said she who brought her the china cup, and get a little sleep if you can. We'll leave you and hope to find you perfectly cured when we come again in an hour. The two women came again at the time that they said they should, and found the magician got up and dressed and sitting upon the sofa. Oh, admirable potion, she said. It has wrought its cure much sooner than you told me it would, and I shall be able to prosecute my journey. The two women, who were fairies as well as their mistress, after they had told the magician how glad they were that she was cured so soon, walked before her and conducted her through several apartments, all the more noble than that wherein she lay, into a large hall, the most richly and magnificently furnished of all the palace. Parabanu was sat in this hall on a throne of massive gold, enriched with diamonds, rubies, and pearls of an extraordinary size, and attended on each hand by a great number of beautiful fairies, all richly clothed. At the sight of so much majesty, the magician was not only dazzled, but was so amazed that, after she had prostrated herself before the throne, she could not open her lips to thank the fairy as she proposed. However, Parabanu saved her the trouble, and said to her, Good woman, I am glad I had an opportunity to oblige you, and to see you are able to pursue your journey. I won't detain you, but perhaps you may not be displeased to see my palace. Follow my women, and they will show it to you. Then the magician went back and related to the Sultan of the Indies all that had happened, and how very rich Prince Ahmed was since his marriage with the fairy, richer than all the kings in the world, and how there was danger that he should come and take the throne from his father. Though the Sultan of the Indies was very well persuaded that Prince Ahmed's natural disposition was good, he could not help being concerned at the discourse of the old sorceress, to whom when she was taking for her leave, he said, I thank thee for the pains thou hast taken, and thy wholesome advice. I am so sensible of the great importance it is to me, that I shall deliberate upon it in council. 
Now the favorites advised that the prince should be killed, but the magician advised differently. Make him give you all kinds of wonderful things by the fairy's help, till she tires of him and sends him away. As, for example, every time your majesty goes into the field, you are obliged to be at a great expense, and not only in pavilions and tents for your army, but likewise in mules and camels to carry their baggage. Now, might you not engage him to use his interest with the fairy to procure you a tent, which might be carried in a man's hand, and which should be so large as to shelter your whole army against bad weather? When the magician had finished her speech, the sultan asked his favorites if they had anything better to propose, and finding them silent, determined to follow the magician's advice, as the most reasonable and most agreeable to his mild government. Next day, the sultan did as the magician had advised him, and asked for the pavilion. And that is the end of part eight of the story of Prince Ahmed and the fairy Parabanu. And in our next episode, we'll see what the fairy says about this request. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Folktale Project. If you'd like to help support the project, you can head over to patreon.com slash folktaleproject, or you could always just share the stories with someone you love. I do appreciate that. As always, thank you so much for listening.